Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 107 of Death Readers, the podcast where Rob and I discuss the books we're reading for the first time and share our thoughts and notes with each other. If this is your first time listening, we suggest reading Exile, book two in the Dritz do Urden series, chapter 19 through the end, before listening to this episode. That way you too can follow along. Welcome to the Book Wrap Party. Do we have any housekeeping? No. All right. Uh, no, I don't think we have. We haven't had housekeeping for a bit. No, there hasn't been that much to deal with with these books. No. Um, no. Well, then uh, let us just jump right into the show. Why, why yeah, waste any it. time with uh, frivolity? Uh, thank you for listening to episode 107 of Death Readers. And that'll bring us to... Chapter 19, Headaches. All right, here's the summary. Clacker, Drizzt, Belwar, and Guinevere. Dear sweet Guinevere. All escape the Athilid clutches, leaving a messy trail of viscera in their wake. The chapter ends with Drizzt seeing Zacnefine cut through the slaves and mind flayers as he moves toward his son. That's what happened. I mean, that's what happened. Is what is what happened. Do you have any notes? It's a fun chapter. I wanted a little more gore. It's pretty gory. It's gory. They're like constantly cutting off Ithilid like tentacle mouths and like cutting yeah. off their legs while they're flying and like I really wanted to it's see pretty gory. I really wanted to see Gunweaver properly romp through that brain matter. That was the first page. It was the first page. It could have been a couple pages. It was a couple pages. I feel like it was like scratch, scratch, chomp, chomp. Other stuff happens, and oh, she's got brain gore all over her. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's any pleasing you. There probably is. Because I feel like you're, you're like, I wanted exactly what I got. How come I'm unhappy? Must be the book. <laughs> it must be the book. Uh, it can't be me. I guess, again, I get, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I guess there could be more. <laughs> there could have been more. <laughs> sure. I, I guess it could have just been graphicer. All right, I'll let that slide. Um, do you have any notes? I have. I do have a note. Uh, for me, it's on page 257. Uh, I think we're supposed to take away that Zactopine couldn't track Drift in the Ithilid camp because his thought patterns were overridden. But did we ever get any explanation as to why he couldn't be tracked into Blingdenstone? No. As far as I know, no. Uh, maybe maybe there'll be in the th- third book. He'll go to Blingdenstone a third time. And they'll be like, oh, by the way, pursuant to your adventures in the last volume, this is why you weren't tracked by that undead specter of your father. I don't know. I think he's. I think it's preferred to. I think he prefers to be referred to as the undad. That's pretty good. Um. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't know why he can sometimes track and why he sometimes can't. It seems pretty arbitrary. Uh, I mean, I, I think the one time it's arbitrary. I think every every other time it seems pretty like clear that he is on his trail. I just meant the whole book's arbitrary. <laughs> okay. I got exactly what I wanted. Why am I unhappy? My last note. Uh, <laughs> E7! Counted him myself. But last year, last year I got 38. That's what you sound like. I'll tell you what we'll do, Popkin. Is when we go out, we'll buy two more presents. So then you'll have... 39. Thir- no. 30... 39. Can I break two of them in front of Harry? Oh, yeah. Because that's what I want extra presents for. I just want to have them so I can destroy them in front of someone else who wants them. Yeah. Because that's, that's the real the, gift. That's that's what I need. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't remember. I was wondering if there, if he, if we, you recalled any mention of the why for the Blinkenstone uh, uh, blind spot. But I couldn't recall. Nope. Not a bit. I would have accepted almost any answer <laughs> if there was one. I think I would have accepted literally like they have a big gem in the middle of the city that keeps Blingdenstone invisible to yeah. 
like to uh, outsiders uh, the architecture the you know the, the layout of the city the fact that it's burrowed into all those stone walls interfere with reception because those mind fly- flares are only 4g yeah or like there's like a harmonic resonance in the gems around the city that make it so that any sort of uh, attempt to track or get near gets sort of like interfered with mm-hmm. and so you're just like you just get like static um and, and you can't figure out where you are where you're going unless you know i would have accepted anything there is a magic spell i would have accepted anything it has to be within a triangulation of drow cities fucking anything. we're talking like like level like we're talking the santa claus level of of willingness to believe sure. of suspension oh. of disbelief yeah, yeah. like i am i'm like oh he, the guy died and now he has to wear his suit and now he's gonna be santa i'm in like that level of i don't i'm not challenging shit you said it was, makes sense so i believe it makes sense but you have to say it right that's all you, you need to say it i agreed i agree all right, I got nothing else in that chapter. You want to move on? Uh, my last note uh, at the very end when Zach shows up, I'm like, "Oh, enter Scarecrow," because now he's gonna have a brain. He'll be the fourth member of the party. It's not what happened. <laughs> not what happens. Well, isn't isn't Clacker the one really missing a brain? Oh, maybe I I mean I could have wrote it about him too because he got his brain back for a second there. He became all peck again. Like, I'm super peck. I am as peck. I am peckier than I ever have pecked. I'm the mighty peck. Yeah. Works either way. Yeah. But since it's not what um, happened, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You want to go to the next chapter? Chapter 20. Father, my father. Summary. Drift and the spirit. Is it spirit warrior or spirit wraith? I feel like I keep writing spirit warrior, but I can't remember what is actually written in the books. I keep I just skim past that last word and be like, yeah, it's it's the zombie, right? Moving on. I feel like it's probably warrior. I don't remember seeing the word wraith written. Now we'll find out how well I was paying attention. Spirit wraith. I'm pretty sure it was spirit wraith. I don't remember seeing the word warrior written. Wait a minute, you said the opposite a moment ago. You'll never know. Um, I kept writing Spirit Warrior, but I guess he's called the Spirit Wraith. Anyway, Dritz and the Spirit Wraith Zacnafine fight. Uh, Belwar and Clacker rescue Dritz from certain death and briefly escape the undead assassin. And how they do that is Clacker's all like, I'm a peckish being. I made that joke last time, but he does it. He does the whole like, and then he like makes a bunch of stone appear in front of Zach mm-hmm. and he's like he's all like what 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 he wanted the him yeah then they escape <laughs> then they escape with Dritz and 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 Zach's like ah and he just goes around and slashes a bunch of Ithilid and slaves to death pretty 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 shitty uh <laughs> not a great guy well, not a great situation. True. Uh, so, do you have any notes? Because I do not. My note here is, I can't help but feel that Zack has emotion when narratively convenient and is the Terminator the rest of the time. Yeah. It disengaged What do you mean me. you can't help but feel that? That's, that's how it's written. It's just because sometimes you like get all argumentative and so I wanted to hedge my bets. You're, like, you're stupid, Rob. That's not what happens. Okay, well, I'm not going to go as far as to say you're stupid, Rob. That's exactly what happens. But. No, I'm just going to let that sit there. Ouch. <laughs> oh, my fragile ego. That's it. That's my note. That's my note for that. Okay. Um, that brings us to. Chapter 21, Lost and Found. All right, here's a summary. Matron Malice learns of the battle between Zacnafine and Dritz, but despairs deeply when Dritz escapes unharmed. The rest of the chapter features Dritz, Belwar, and Clacker escaping into the caverns away from the Athilid camp. Clacker loses contact with his peck self and ends the chapter begging the gnome and elf to end his life. All right, so do you have a note here? 
No. Oh, I got a note. I got a two-part note. Oh, shit. <sighs> Looks like Clacker's back in his right mind. Called it! Which strengthens Belwar's chances now that we now we just need a fourth member. Space? Or not? <laughs> oh yeah, I was I was pretty full of myself for the first half of this chapter. I'm like, oh my god, Super Peck, ah, oh, it's great. He totally cemented himself fighting the mind flares, found his deep sense of purpose. And then they're just like, oh, no, he's reverted the other way now. And I went, well, shit. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it was much more Flowers for Algernon than it yeah. was um, anything else. Yeah, but like Flowers for Algernon for a page and a half. Yes. The lawnmower man, but just to strip down your, well, your, but your, you get... your front yard. Well, you get all that buildup, like you get all the buildup of him being like, I'm in such control. I'm planning things. I'm here like I'm the shepherd and I'm going to throw a gnome and like all that stuff like where he's acting smart. You get you get all the time. You just don't get told that that's what's happening until it's over. And then he's like, sorry, he's not actually like he's not back to normal. He's just under the influence of all these mind control monsters. Um, I like that. I thought that was like fine. It's got to be some it, tragedy. It, 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 I guess it just ultimately feels. We can talk about it towards the end because it will tie into my overall theme of this book. So then, I guess in that case, that brings us to part five: spit it, spit it. Uh, here's a summary. Future Dritz says a bunch of bullshit about a bunch of nonsense. Shut up, Dritz. Yeah, my 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 notes. Religion. <laughs> spirit's important. That's where the true warrior comes from. That's probably why he kept saying warrior spirit. You were you really clicking with R. A. Salvatore. I don't know. Like you said, it was a bunch of bullshit, and I just like. I'm just I hate those interludes so much. They're not enjoyable. They're really bad. They're, they're they're a big old speed bump. They are. I think that they probably were a really helpful writing tool to be like, no, I'm going to segment it out into this many parts. Sure. I can like a, I can write a couple synopsis of what happens in total in this part. And then when I go in and actually write all that stuff, I know where I begin and I know where I end for each one of these acts. Yeah. But like, but there's like, Didn't need to be I, I don't included. know. <laughs> I, I don't need like liner notes. Right. I don't need your thesis statement. Each yeah, or, or or like I don't need like the curtain to close and then the actor come out and go, well, that sure happened, didn't it? And let me tell you how I think about all that happening now that I'm still alive a hundred years in the future or whatever. Well, I wonder what happens next. And then he fades away into the like the sides and then it opens and starts to play again. It's like, I don't know. Do, are, are there plays that do that? Like, are there I, movies I mean, actually, I feel like there are. There um, must be, but it like, is weird to see there... it in a book. At least this obviously done, but I mean, it, it kind of it's calling to mind Midsummer Night's Dream, where you know right. Puck addresses the audience. Sure, but like, and I feel like a lot of those it... old plays did do that. But isn't Puck kind of like a demigod? Isn't he something like like? Isn't he? He's Robin Goodfellow. He's a like a pixie, a, a sprite. Right. So he's, but he's some sort of like supernatural being. He's not. Yeah. Human, but right? Neither's Dritz. No, my point is he's arguably not mortal. Yeah. We we have a belief that Dritz is mortal. So, like, that's the thing that really these interludes take away. Oh, more than anything, I see. I see. Fear is for the, his is life. The, is the illusion that the character could... Something bad could happen to the character. But there's a lot... Okay, but in that in that vein, there's a lot of stories that do the... Um, I'm alive and I'm telling you what happened. Agreed, but like the difference in this, in those, most of those stories in this one is this guy's fighting bird monsters above acid pits. If I'm to believe that that's scary, I need to think that the character can die. Okay. And I don't. Sure. So in that way, it just feels. I think one of the problems you've been having that I that I agree with because of this is that there just feels like there there's no. Uh, I'm missing the value for reading these stories. If I yeah. felt like I was invested, I feel like there's there's things that Salvatore chooses to do that stop that impede my investment. 
And that's a huge one of them. Like that one is enormous. And and, and, and again, to give him to give him the credence of acknowledging that these are prequels and we made the mistake of reading them before reading the, the, the real trilogy that starts off this story first, maybe the people who read the crystal shard had the feelings that were different and, and, and had those feelings of maybe he could die in that book. But as we know from looking ahead a little bit, they do the interludes in those books too. Yeah. So I, if they had been like little asides, like, like journal entries, Dritz was taking along the way. If they had been something that was like actively happening in the moment of him reflecting on everything that just happened, but not everything that was about to happen, that would be cool or help me along. But if they have to be there at all, but as, as it is, it just feels like speed bumps. Right. Yep. Um, do you have anything else to say about that, or did you get it? Got it. We're done. Well, that bring that brings us to... Chapter 22, Without Direction, the Dritz to Orden story. Summary. Our heroes confront a group of gray dwarfs fleeing the Athilid camp and offer an alliance. It is summarily rejected, and an epic battle ensues. After several dwarves die at the hands and claws of our heroes, Dritz suggests the team return to Menzo Berenzan to find a drow wizard that can help return Clacker to his original form. So, I don't have any notes, but I, I think as an overall for this chapter, I, I gotta say that, uh, again, I like combat sequences, I like action, I like the, the way that this some of this was written, um, but I, I have to say that this uh felt like and it felt tacked on absolutely absolutely 100% this it, it this this felt like a fight I, I i don't know that well but this seemed like a fight that would be in a D campaign right it was fun action sequence there seemed to be no point to it though like you said tacked on like if i had skipped this chapter and just read the part where like we should go back to Marinzo Baron Zen. I wouldn't even have known that this chap happened at all. There was no point to this. I I, I I was seriously expecting them to end up with an alliance with the surviving dwarves, and they didn't. Right. They just disappear. They they let them live and then they walk away. Did they let what them the live? I happened? thought they let them live and then Clacker killed them. I don't did Clacker kill all of them? I thought he did. Man, maybe I, I thought that I thought the one like, that like that that Dritz was like he's like I surrender and Dritz is like okay and he's like why try to walk him out of the black spell he uh, cast I, and I must have just be... like oh nope because I'm gone. All right, I must have misunderstood that. I, I got lost in all the all of the action and the invisibles and the black spheres and the fairy fire and the who was killing what. It uh, it was not easy to follow. Um. Okay, well then, yeah, it, it just... Well, I mean, arguably you could say that it's it's there to show you how far Clacker is gone, like how far he is, gone he is, rather. Sure. Um, and, and like I said before about how we have to keep watching Zach Nafine kill people or do horrible things lest we forget how awful he is and scary he is, I think the same has to... In terms of, like, the way you structure a story, th- these things have to keep happening. The audience has to keep be reminded that these things are happening on a path. And this was one of the last times you get to see what happens to Clacker when he has to go back to wanting to die. I guess that's an argument, but man, something about it. Like there's no, there's no feeling for me of, it just always feels like more of the same. It's not like they're ever augmenting the scene, the, the situation. It's just, we're doing it again. Yeah. And so it just I, feels I can, li- re- repetitive and dull. I think that that's fair. And that, that's been, um, my, that was, that was my big takeaway from this book. It's just, I'm not feeling character growth. I'm feeling character morph. Morph? Yeah. That's a word I made up. Cause you know, you can't think of the right word. You just make up shit. That's what Shakespeare did. Worked it for him. Man. If, if anybody deserves to be compared to Shakespeare, it's definitely you. Definitely um, me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Motherfucker used perfectist. If he can do that, I can come up with Morth. 
Hey, it's the, it's the only thing he did. So he if he could do it, hey, you should. No, I did. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! Now hold on, pump the brakes. I Morth is not the only thing I've come up with. So, all right. No, you, you're right. You We're wrote both genii. You wrote plenty of sonnets mm. and like works of fiction that have lasted hundreds of years. I mean, the years haven't happened yet, but they will. No, no, they haven't. But you know, yeah, of course Stands they will. To reason. Stands to reason. Um, Perfect list. Anyway, I got distracted with that nonsense, but I will say that uh, I agree that like these this book really does feel like. I think the thing about the first two books, and maybe this is just a prequel thing. I'm hoping it's just a prequel thing, but they feel bloated. So bloated. No, absolutely. Absolutely. They've, the story so far is born into an evil culture, secretly good, wants to get out, maybe make it to the surface. Fit that into two plus books. And that's when it feels like bloaty. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, and I, I, I Every time I keep reading these chapters, I keep thinking, I think this would be a pretty fun animated series. I can really see this be like specific parts of it. Because again, I think the difference is like all the stuff he's describing, all the stuff he has would work fine if it just happened. If like Mm -hmm. all the descriptions, all the things happened and kept moving and you could watch it happen. I feel like it would play really well in that format. But as a book, it feels tedious. I think if it was one book, from the beginning of the first book to the end of this book, that would also be pretty good. And I think it would feel a lot tighter. Yeah. And not so um, much... Oh, Jesus, we're doing this again. Yeah. But if, like, all of the interactions of, like... Like, if everything that was involved with being the hunter was one episode, mm-hmm. and then everything involved with being in Blingdenstone was one episode, and then everything involved with leaving Blingdenstone and meeting the Athilids was one episode. And then everything involving the Athilids and Zagnafine showing up, one episode. And then Zagnafine fight the... Everything that else happens from where we are now, because we'll get there, is that. That's a five or six episode season. Sure. That's pretty good, I think. Especially if they're like an hour long episodes. Like you could... Which might be a bit for an animated series. I'm thinking like a Netflix series. No, I know. Like Take it to Netflix. No, no constraint with with time, uh, time period or like length of length of show. They love to renew um, animated series. I feel like that is a is a jab. Gets a no. Well, get get some get some high class talent in there. Uh, rewrite all the dialogue so it doesn't sound archaic as fuck. I disagree. I think it needs to stay the same dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think that there's ways to do it that would be fun. I just I don't I don't know why I'm not you're saying you not can't keep it. some of it as a nod. No, I'm saying keep all of it. It's all great. It, no, it all works really well if you if you it all works really well if you can put an actor in it. Okay, if you get Brian Blessed, maybe. Sure. Brian Blessed is Belwar. He's too old. It's a, he's voicing it. I really want him to be live action. <laughs> You just said it was an animated show. Yeah, but I changed my mind, Rob. I Based wanted on to be Brian like, Blessed? No, Bullshit. I want it to be like I want it to be animated and live action. I want it to be like like the Mandalorian where they're just on a set that's cr- like digitally created around them. Um, Your budget just like, shot through the roof. I want it to be like like Avengers Endgame, but only the sequences. Like imagine a whole movie that's as as like high concept as the fights on titan no 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 i was i was thinking maybe like like a voltron budget you can have a voltron budget no i don't want a voltron budget i want like that's i want lord of the rings on amazon prime budget that is not happening that's not happening well i don't need your money i'll take it to i'll take it to a different service we got we got we got lots of properties knocking down our door we're netflix yeah you don't have dungeons and dragons yet It's not like it's not like the popularity of Dungeons and Dragons has like sunk with the pandemic. Well, we're, we we've got some very uh, exciting rifts shows that we're developing. A couple of GURPS look, programs. Like Netflix, you're already like in bed with Hasbro. You're already making a Magic the Gathering show that I'm sure has 
We're in bed with gonna, Mattel too. Be... We're in everybody's bed. We got the new He-Man coming out. Right, but Hasbro owns Dungeons and Dragons. So what I'm saying is, you're already we already have like a relationship. So let's just take that relationship to the next level. Let's get it. Like you're gonna want to compete with Netflix with a uh, Amazon's Lord of the Rings, right? You have nothing. You weren't able to compete with Game of Thrones. You weren't able to compete with. You're not gonna be able to compete with uh, Amazon's Lord of the Rings. So you need some sort of. We've high got the Witcher property. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I take it all back. And scene. <laughs> I'm saying do it like 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 uh, one notch of reality cl- from like somewhere between Tintin mm. and Avengers uh, Infinity War. Okay. So like mocappy. Yeah, I'm talking like mocappy with maybe some of the like people's faces coming in a little bit. Okay. Like cats. I want to be like cats. Now, not like that like cats, but like that like cats. No, I'm just I'm just thinking of. Uh... Circus's Jungle Book, which is, I thought, from the commercials, more terrifying than Cats. So Cats might be a fair in-between. I'm saying that, that, to me, like, when I think of, like, the things you want to have happening in this world, you want to have lots of movement, lots of, like, cameras. Like, like The Hobbit. Like, I think about, like, Peter Jackson's The Hobbit. I think that's kind of the level you want. You want to have Belwar look like one of the, the dwarves from The Hobbit. A little bit different because he's a gnome, but right. like similar in, the, I keep, in a lot. I of keep really imagining him as a dwarf. I honestly do, and I keep like, oh right, no, he's a no, he's a no. Right, I I do the same thing. Like, I I really do think that this this isn't. It's not as bad as you're reacting to it being. I can. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you're like you're. It's going to change the amount you can enjoy it. Sure, but um, because that's that's different. But I, I really do think that it's, it's like B minus. Like it's, it's not that bad. It's also not that good. It's probably not that bad. I will say, if I were grading just these last handful of chapters that we read in this episode, it's a much lower grade because it felt very repetitive. Taken mm-hmm. as a whole, I think translated into a TV show, they could definitely rework some things you're gonna have people who know you know how to make a story engaging uh here's another theory i have though um i think that they have a arbitrary length of book set i think that if you if you look at novel length i think they have a very specific page count that they're aiming for and so if they if they don't get to that page they, they they will do whatever they can to get to that page count like this book is for my my printed versions is 343 pages. So it's this big. Homeland was 343 pages. Are you serious? Yes. Does it have an excerpt or anything for the book two in the end? No. Whoa. Do you have book three? I do. Can you spoil how many pages are in it? Book three, Sojourn, Sojourn. is Sojourn. 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 Closer is 346 pages what the fuck and those pages the last couple spoilers the last four pages are an epilogue of probably the entire trilogy so without the epilogue the book itself is only 341 pages i think that that, that part of what they were doing is looking ahead at these things and saying, you know, the Crystal Shard, the book that started this all, was 344 pages. Is it really? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> and if we want all these books to look really good on bookshelves at Barnes & Noble, it'll look better if they all roughly look the same size. I mean, you might have cracked the book code. So I think that a big part of why these feel bloated is because of that agenda. I'm really hoping this crystal shard is going to be all that in a bag of chips. And I, and I, and I, I need to take myself back to like an eight year old mindset when doing so, because I was just musing today that if I had watched Star Wars trilogy as an adult for the first time and then went right into you know Star Wars uh, I probably would not have cared for it 
Right. Probably not. And and like, I I think that's a. I feel like reading these books, especially these books, you have to really be tempered with that appreciation. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I know for me, like, when we were reading Harry Potter, and I know for, for you with Harry Potter, there's so much, and we discussed this in those episodes, go back to Death Readers seasons one through seven uh, and listen, but there's a lot of uh, nostalgia built into the enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. So we have that nostalgia for, for me, the movies, for you, the books and the movies and, and the whole thing. We are walking into this without any of that. And I feel like if you read this when you were eight or nine or 10 or 11, maybe even 12, you would be so excited to hear about this cool, this cool thing that no one else knows about. Like dark elves aren't in other medium. You know what I mean? They're not around like being like people. There's this fun about like being someone who's in the in, like who is an in group with something that you're enjoying. Right. And I think that that kind of currency would goes a long way with this kind of market or this demographic. So there, there were definitely series that had, you know, Lots of books that I love dipping into at that age. Mm-hmm. And, and they're probably not very good. Being... No, they're... I'm sure they're not. Right. So anyway. No, no uh, matter how many of them were written by Peter David. Ouch. We love you, Peter. We love you, Peter David. Um. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, that'll bring us, unless you have any more notes in that chapter. No. That brings us to? twenty Chapter 23, Ripples. Summary. Matron Malice mopes about how long it's taking the spirit Wraith Zacnafine to kill Dritzt. I hear you, sister. And begs Matron Barony uh, for protection. She gets it in the form of 200 additional soldiers, but something about the soldiers just doesn't look right. Like they might be Jarlaxle's mercenaries. Do you have any notes in this chapter? No. I do. Oh. Uh, I have a note on page 304. Here, Matron Malice suggests the enormity of House Barine is such that it could fit the entirety of the Do'udin complex in one of its chambers. Am I misremembering the first book? Wasn't there much talk about House Do'udin's large military force and intimidating fortress? Wasn't the first meeting between Matron Malice and Matron Barine one where the latter acknowledged that the threat of an unchecked house to Orden would be enough to take over nearly any of the top eight houses. Are we to believe that their forces are reduced so low after 10 years of attrition with house Hanet, even after absorbing their rival's army? Did I miss something? And the answer is no, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Did you go back and look? <laughs> Uh, no, no, uh, I didn't. I remembered it from earlier, but it also it gets reiterated like later or in this chapter itself where like it's basically like, yeah, 10 years of attrition and bad moves and et cetera, et cetera. You guys are no longer the threat you think that you are. And it just I think the thing that shocked me was like that we weren't getting that confirmation in that in this chapter where, where she says, you know, the entirety of House Jordan's forces could fit in this room and not fill all the rows of chairs or pews or whatever they have, um, the seats. Right. And I was like, or she said they wouldn't fill the seats 10 times over. And I was like, that's a, that's a, those are big numbers you're talking about. Like, this is quite a lot of people in space, um, that I don't necessarily remember being attributed earlier in this book. Um, so I was just trying to see if you remembered. I, 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 I remember only some of that after you brought it up. Okay. I do not remember those details because the Menzo Barons and stuff in that first book really was a bit of a snooze. This... It, it, I, it felt like a, so much of getting used to the environment that was clearly pretty well like built in, in the author's mind mm-hmm. and having to get to the place where you're also understanding it without any previous forms of references was tough. So I, I don't blame you for not remembering it, but that that was like one of the first chapters in the first book, I think, was her going up there and being like, like right after they destroyed the house Hanette and she has to go, I think, talk to her and like, she's all proud, like that little floating disc shows up at the house right. and she gets on it and is like flying through the city like, I'm the fucking best. 
and then she has her talk with uh, Matron Barine. I think that's how you say her name. Barine. I keep thinking it's like Baronet or something. Whatever. Uh, you're probably right. Um, Just because it sounds and... more D E, which you know, being such a classic D and D scholar, I would know. Sure. Um, I'm not. That but guy. I, I know Rob. I know. I gotta, um, I, gotta, I gotta point out that it was a joke. Oh. Good. So we can laugh. Good. It's good that you've done this. Okay. Good. Um. <laughs> I guess I was just expecting like some narration or some acknowledgement of like all of these things in, in regard to how few people we have in, in our army and what, how far we have fallen at this point. And it wasn't there. And I was like, ah, it comes later, but like, in a, it, it just feels like this is where you needed it. I mean, yes. Or even earlier where all those, all those, any asides could have also dealt with, you know, the slow decimation of house of Orden and, mm-hmm. and really be feeling their losses. Like, Oh crap. While all this is going on, we're also sucking over here. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have for that chapter. Okay. And that brings us to... Chapter 24, Faith. Summary. It's the battle we've been waiting for. Aboard the second Death Star, Luke compels his father, Darth <laughs> Vader, to reject the Emperor's control and turn back to the light side. For there is still good in him. I can feel it. Oh shit, wrong exact same story. Actually, Dritz fights zombie Zack and coaxes his subconscious self out from under Matron Malice's control. The two share a brief but touching father-son moment before Zack uses the last of his willpower to throw himself off the ledge and presumably into a vat of acid. Also, Clacker is dead. Um, that's hilarious because I didn't get that analogy at all. I found another analogy of people having a final battle atop a super high bridge in a deep cavern where one person's saying, this warrior is far beyond your ability. This foe is beyond any of you. You shall not pass. Oh, right. Um, the Balrog. The Balrog and the Bridge of Khazadum. shall not Pass. Yeah. Um. The difference there is that is that the, 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 the sorry to to no end you. Oh, that's fine. The difference I think there is that like Gandalf isn't trying to coax back the Balrog from darkness, which is the where like the Star Wars comparison is like so dead on. Sure. That it's your that your analogy is way better. But to me, well, it felt like, 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 he wanted to say Robert Kirkman. Ari Salvatore wanted to have his Bridge of Casadoom fight. See, I think he more wanted to have his come back to the light side, there's good in you, I can feel it moment, because that's what he wrote. <laughs> yes, yes, it is a moment where your our hero has to fight someone on a narrow bridge. Yes. But I think that the emotional weight that he was going for is that of the... Second Death Star, Return of the Jedi, climax. Well, I'm glad you put me in my place. I'm. I apologized already. But that makes it all better. If you apologize, you can do I whatever like you want. I I feel like you're you're you don't mean that. That's <laughs> what I feel like when this moment. Oh is that wait, you hold, don't on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry you feel that way. I don't think you are. I don't. Think but you I apologized. Are. Ergo, do whatever I want. That wasn't an apology. The rules you just... That's not an apology, I apologize to you, you. No, you didn't. You said you're sorry I feel that way. That's empathy. That's oh, not an apology. I'm sorry. Full stop. Full stop. Um, <laughs> Smoky. Anyway. Um, yeah, the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my only other note here... Uh-oh. Doesn't look good for Belwar. <laughs> Because uh, Clacker's um, dead. I mean, once, but what? Like, I okay. Well, once Clacker died, I was like, check. And then I was like, um, yeah, Belwar's fine. Because, because you already like you mentioned it. Like, oh, do you, do you mentioned the last episode. Do you think that 
Belwar safe now that Clacker's here? And the answer was yes, and I think it has resulted in a hard yes. I but um, I I thought they were putting a team together. That's why I thought. Oh, yeah, that was my. I thought I thought it was like this whole thing that they would be with him through the next few books. So you're saying when you say he doesn't look good for Belwar, you mean as a member of the team, not in terms of his mortality? No. Now that now that they're clearly not putting together a team that's going to be there all the time, uh, I thought now. Oh well, now it's up for grabs. Belwar could easily die. Right. We'll find um, out what happens nah, to Belwar later. I didn't think so, no? but it's fine. It's fine. Um, I I'm. I'm a little bummed out we didn't get to see the fight. I'm a little bummed out that Clacker, being as ferocious and monstrous as he was, got took taken out like a chump. Oh, off, off screen. screen. Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. Like, it would have been really cool to see, like, even if he, like, like he sees Zach Nefine and he, like, you can, you like, he's, like, uh, you know. He has one more peck the, moment. The, the peck, uh, the peck side of him, uh, easily gave way to the hook horror uh, side and he stood up tall and strong, taller than, you know, more than twice the height of Zacnafine, smashed his claws into the rock, shattering them and splintering the the cavern down the, the, the path, causing little uh, bits of rock and, and shards of, shards of, uh, you know, marble whatever the fucking rock is in the in the thing into the acid sizzling up around them and you know and then and then the clacker or the clacker the hook horror uh stared down its enemy no trace of of mortal consciousness or whatever in his in his eyes as he charged forward only to have his neck deftly sliced as the spirit wraith levitated and acrobatically nicked his his throat in half or something like that and then it's like you get all that build up of that moment just to see like no it doesn't even matter zach nefine is that he's he's that's zach nefine like that's zach nefine everything you saw when when dritz took out the hook horrors in the last book right is exactly like this is where he gets that from we know that let's see it there it is but we don't see it it's just it's off screen and i hear and then zach comes out yeah, which I guess in some ways, like cinematically, could be scary. But like, I saw a stupid fight between dwarves. Why did I have to see that when I could have seen this? The the dispatching of the huge enemy off screen could be cinematically effective. But since we're invested in Clacker's story, we should have had more. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Um, it's, it cheapens it for the audience to see just like, even the, the stuff at the end where like Belwar is really feeling emotional and looks at his friend and has moments. It's like, that's all fine. I don't mind that. But like, I would have liked to see a hero moment. Yeah. I want Clacker to have a, like, he's had a couple, but they all seem kind of silly. Like, like he, he throws a dwarf and a chicken or an, or whatever they are. What do they call their little, uh, Oh. A Rowan? Yeah. Something that bleats. Something like that? I keep thinking of it as a cave cow, but it bleats. So maybe it's more like a it's cave like a goat. goat. Yeah. He has those moments. He has the moment where he like jumps across the, the bridge and makes it. He has a couple. He does the whole wall of stone. Sure. But he should have a heroic death. He should be a leaf on the he, wind. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly like that. He should uh, get whitewashed. <laughs> No? Uh, no, that's great. Because of the character. Right, right. The leaf on the wind. That's what you said. That's what I said. He got whitewashed like a fence. Does that mean, does that mean something different it's, to be whitewashed? No, I mean, it's it's what you do when you want someone's apple. You convince them to do your work for you. Oh, good. That's like what Dritz did to Clacker. Hey, that, that Zach Nefine sure looks like a fun guy to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to fight him. Oh, I'll I'll let you fight him first if you want. Okay. Don't say I never did anything for you. Yeah. uh, Just, uh, that was a little disappointing. Do you have any more notes in that chapter? Uh, Do I, I don't know if I say I hate it. I think I was frustrated with the repetition so, so, so much that when we got to what I consider the joke of the chapter, I just rolled my eyes and kind of huffed a bit. What was the joke? 
No, I am your mother. Oh, that oh, okay. Uh, especially with your Star Wars analogy, I thought that was on purpose. That was the maybe it was um, the send up of Empire, where he's like, "I am your mother," and he's like, "What?" Question mark. I don't get it. You're my dad. You ain't my mom. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, that, it, it felt. I mean, there's an ellipses. There was everything I but an arrow pointing to it. Like, get it? I, I didn't really see it. I, I mean, yeah. I didn't see it as much of a joke as if I thought, like, wow, this must really be confusing for Dritz. <laughs> like, that's that's what I thought. I was like, huh, if this happened to me, I'd be really confused <laughs> and uh, uncomfortable because none of this makes any sense. But I, I, I think you're right that it was a big arrow. Anything else? Um, I actually, one thing I really did like during this fight... Uh, Using the old training routine, accessing Zach via muscle memory to try to yeah. to try to bring his personality to the forefront, like that. That's a little clever bit of writing. Yeah, I li- I liked it too because I, I I I feel like I saw the whole, you know, there you are, Peter sure. bit coming like uh, uh pretty far down the way, but like, God, I can never but like ever hear you say that without thinking of that big block of cheddar with thud butts face carved into it. I don't know why, but that is my visceral memory. That fucking cheddar. I'm like, oh, it looks so good. That cheddar looks so good. Oh, I want to eat that cheddar. There you are, Peter. It's not even Chet Thubbut who says it, but he's like, there you are, Peter. I'm like, I want that Thubbut cheddar. Wow. I want that Thudbutt cheddar. That is such a statement. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're making a point about this story. No, we should. I, I think that. I feel like we've had a breakthrough. <laughs> and I want that thud butt cheddar is something that you needed to say. It's something that you've been wanting to say for a while. And it just, it took 107 episodes to get you to the point where you felt like you, feels, you could be, feel comfortable with saying really it aloud. Good to get it out. I know, man. I know. I've wanted to say it for so long. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I I agree that that the the having the parry pay off again, yeah, because it was so predictable the first time. Sure, the, the, the that was that was a letdown. But then this one is like, oh, maybe it wasn't a letdown. Maybe I had to go through that bullshit to get to this fun part. So maybe is, this is the crystal shard of this book. Well, what I'm saying is like, if I was gonna write a like a quote for the back of the book, I think that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh maybe I, I, again i'm really hoping that the fucking crystal shards good and and, I, and and we keep saying that we haven't said anything about sojourn sojourn yeah listen they're all made up words no it's not it's a real guinevere <laughs> gunweaver exile uh homeland sojourn sojourn damn it i just I did it got me you got me we just we just did the bugs bunny daffy duck thing it's the second time in my life i've done it and i've it's the second time i've ever duck seasoned rabbit seasoned someone and it wasn't really that good like this wasn't the no it wasn't you satisfying saying, but you still got me no no but it isn't the right format you would have said uh sojourn and i would have said sojourn and then you would have said sojourn and then i would have said sojourn and then you would have said sojourn and then i would have said sojourn and then you would have said sojourn and then i would have said right and then you would have gone what (laughs) except for that whole example you said it correctly whatever okay it's sojourn 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 which one's right sojourn it's french it means to journey i think it looks finnish uh it's it's definitely french like fijorn (laughs) So, no, that's that's sojourn, and no, but well, maybe that it, considering that wizard earlier, you could be right. I think it's like it's like fjord, but you say sojourn. It's the earth in sojourn. Guinevere. <laughs> All right. Um. Anyway, 
but my point was we haven't even talked about that book being a thing because it's so obviously not the fucking goal. Right. The goal is the crystal shard to see what all the fuss is about. Mm. Did you ever read four books just to see if one book was good? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. Oh, boy. Could be transcendent. Um, could be it could change our world. It could be so good we go back and read the other three again. Mm-mm. No, no, nope. no, it can't. No, it, no, it can't. can't. Definitely. Um, not. Yeah, I almost you almost rain manned with how much that was not going to happen. <laughs> um. All right, let's move on. Unless you have any more notes in chapter twenty four, then that brings us to chapter twenty five. Consequences. Summary: House Del Urden is no more. With the Zincarla's failure, Breeza wrested control of the stone throne from Matron Malice with the aid of her snake-headed whip. Only for the entire complex to be overrun with mercenary soldiers moments later. Few Do'Urdans survived the onslaught. Among them, Dinin and Verna. The former taken by Jarlaxle as an advisor, and the latter... We don't know. She, we think she's alive. <laughs> they, they sort of suggest that she might end up in the big matron's con- like harem or something. I didn't understand. Yeah. They're like, she's somewhere. We'll see her again, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I was bummed that Maya died. I thought Maya was the cool one. Uh, but I thought Verna was the, the nice difference. one. Um, I don't remember which ones are which. <laughs> I remember uh, Brisa is the is the really really mean one. Right. Uh, I know that one of them isn't Virna the one that tried to fuck him. Yeah, the nice one. Oh, that's the nice one. That's what makes. <laughs> what are you doing, step second brother, or step step second boy? Yeah, that was weird. So I guess she's alive. Oh, maybe you'll get your your female protagonist that's also a love interest in his sister. No, no, that's no. What you wanted. You said you wanted that. I wanted a female protagonist that was not a drow. We've already got a drow. We need something new. Wow. Do they... Wow, that sounds so racist. <laughs> not racist. I want variety. I want more. But not as lo- just as long as it's not a drow. It's not it can't be a drow or a gnome or a hook horror. What about a what about what about a mermaid? Do they have mermaids in Dungeons and Dragons? They have merfolk. Some of them maybe maids. Okay, well then there we go. Are they are they like weird? Is it like one of those weird things where they have like flipper hands, like fish faces, and they're green skin, or are they like proper mermaids? I don't know how to answer such a racist question. It's not a racist question. I just want to no, know. No, you just want to know specifically like how you can people. identify them based on their physical features. Yeah. To, you can minimize them to their physical features and their their secondary uh, physical characteristics, and and so you can then d- uh, decide who you want to be around and how you value them. I, I I mean, I must be using the wrong language. I think I think you are, and it's, it takes a big man to admit that. So, uh, yeah, that of uh, as you know, I, I I think this is actually the moment that in the books that I was really uh. I was surprised by it again because I really expected the third book in this series to be Dritz taking down House Jordan. Mm-hmm. I really expected him to be like vengeance time. We're going back. I'm burning that place to the ground. I've got nothing to live for kind of thing. Like let's take everybody with me. Like the Punisher. Right. But then he flips the script and is like, I'm just going to go to the surface. They're not going to chase me up there. The one place they, they, they won't go after me. And even if they do, they're at a huge disadvantage is the surface. I was like, cool. And then I like the la- that's this chapter just being like every, everything I expected to happen in the entirety of the third book, just happening in one pe- chapter. And I was like, why do more of this? True. It's like, like very true. Not like rush it, but just like, it all just happens. It's all fine. We don't need this to be its own book. I was, and I'm also pretty psyched that there are a couple you know, Drowst or Dillardin still alive. Like that's fun. I like I like Dinan's weird like reverence for his brother, where he won't go fight him. He's like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I'm not that crazy. Um, I tried it. Didn't work. Became fully aware of my abilities. They don't include this. Yeah. 
And then this is, I think, the part where I really started to get that Game of Thrones vibe mm-hmm. of like, like besides houses vying for superiority or supremacy or whatever, this moment where you see a character like Dinin be like one of the last ones standing, like feels like very much like Game of Thrones. Like sure. if you, you know, follow, God, I'm forgetting all of my Game of Thrones characters names because that last season was so bad. Theon Greyjoy, like you say, follow that Reek. character around. Yeah, it's very much like Theon in that way where he's like, oh, I'm a, I guess I'm the one who's now, without the, like, the torture so far. Buffeted by the winds of fate. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And I, I, I am still, I'm still kind of interested in what happens to those two characters, or those three, because now I care about Jarlaxle a little, because he seems like, uh, he's, he's like the, he's like the blue-haired guy, <laughs> the guy that uh, Daenerys uh, has sex with. I stopped watching mid-season four. He's a mercenary that she, like, I forget his character's name, but I know in the book he had blue hair. Stop reading mid mid book four. Uh, I don't remember where he might have shown up, but but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's just this like very like edgy, suave, super sexy, like mercenary guy. And that's what Jarl Axel seems like to me. I think it's that he's bald. I keep forgetting he's bald. it's just so edgy. Just like a nice mohawk, maybe. No way, dude. All right. Bald. So yeah, the. Uh, but I, I'm I'm curious if we'll see them again or in a while or when we'll see them, because this next book doesn't. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. The cover, the cover of my book for the next book sure looks like the end of this book. So I don't know what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, uh, I, do you have any more notes on that chapter so we can move on to the next one? No. Then let's talk about... Chapter 26, Light in the Ceiling. Summary. Belwar and Dritzt mourn Clacker and Zacnafine before returning to Blingdenstone. Their stay is short as Dritzt has committed himself to a new path, one that leads to the surface. That's the end of the book. He, he, he gets outfitted in Blingdenstone. He says goodbye to Belwar. Belwar stays behind and he goes to the surface and he walks out and he's like, ah, I'm in the surface now. Look at the moon. Did you like that you got him out of the Underdark? I'm so happy. Oh my god, I'm so happy. Even for just like a page and a half? Even for even for technically the last paragraph. Because everything else up that is the leading, then I'm in the cave, and I'm feeling the wind, and then I step out, and then I look up and see the stars, which I'm guessing are the lights in the ceiling. And, and hey, Belwar made it through the books. Yeah, I mean... There's a whole lot in this last chapter about like, and they would never see each other again. Yeah. So like, we're done. I can, only, I can. Well, I I feel like we're supposed to believe that, and I kind of do because like, it's another one of those dumb things I don't like about this writer where he's like, oh by the way, they'll never see each other again. And it's like why say that? Why? What? What do you add to the story by cutting yourself off from a potential path? I don't understand what it adds besides a weird sense of like finality. Yeah. But also like, like you're calling your own shot. Like I will never write these two characters together again. It's like, I don't feel like anybody benefits really from that. Well, now we'll have to see if he shows up in crystal shard, in which case this is an outright lie. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like we already had this outright lie from the first book to this book about how he would never forget his name. And then he forgets his fucking name. I think that was bad writing, not a lie. I don't see the difference in this case. Fair enough. Um, but I, I, I see the difference. What you're saying in terms of like, he will never see him again, kind of thing. Because like, even in this chapter, he's like, Dritz knew that if he ever made his way back, he would be welcome or some shit like that. But then like a paragraph or two before, he's like, he will never come back. So, I don't. It's just lame. I feel like in 36 books, he's gonna come back. Why would you think that? There's no reason to assume that. And I'm not probably going to read all 36 to find out. No, but that's what that's what Wikipedia and fan wikis are for. Yeah, well, wait, wait until we're, until I'll we're wait, done. I'll wait. Um, do you have anything else to say about that chapter? No. Well, summary book feel. Uh, it had some exciting notes early on. I felt it got it delved into repetitiveness real hard at the end. And really, this one felt like padding more than any other. So, you could say I was being attacked by all the cloned passages. 
Um, so I'm hoping I'll get my revenge in the third book by enjoying it. That'll show them all. I like that. I like that attitude. You should carry that forward. Here, I'm assuming you're done. Yeah, done. Okay. Um, here's my indictment of this book. Okay. It takes 343 pages, right? That's what you determined? Mm-hmm. That's what we would determine. Uh, it takes 343 pages to walk me through built the, the lead character of a 30 plus book series developing relationships with two characters pretty significant like bonding and character development with two characters neither of whom accompany him through this book or will ever again in be involved in his arc all two walk me up to the very end of the book which repeats or or which which uh doesn't repeat but fulfills the promise of a altercation that the first book made Right. So this book, more than anything, is just—I don't want to say it's a waste of time, but like as a as a as a element, as a part of the grander Dreadsteel Urden series, it feels skippable. It feels like it could entirely be summed up by just saying, like the last the last couple of chapters where Dritz fights the the Revenant Zacnafine has his closure with his father and then that's it because he doesn't if if we're to believe that he never has because clacker dies so he, that character experience whatever it's gone if we're to believe he never gets involved with belwar again then that entire aspect of this book is also gone and that was a big chunk of this book was building that relationship and believing yeah. that those characters meant something to each other presumably to build upon in later books Apparently Unless not. Just want to show us Dritz exercising, you know, flexing those muscles of, of friendship. Of how to develop friendship? Yeah. Sure. Maybe maybe he needs to be like he needs to be able to know friendship because he comes from such an abusive like upbringing, so that later when he actually does develop friends, they can actually be friends. Whereas if he showed up to the surface with Belwar, they would be like, oh, these guys are like a duo. They are a tag team. They go together. Everybody else is expendable. Uh, maybe. And being open to, you know, friendships with people who are seemingly your natural enemies. Right. No, I mean, that's, um, that, maybe that's fair. It's just, again, it just feels like it's so long and it's it's unsatisfying if that's the part I'm supposed to take unsatisfying. away from it. Sure. Like, I'm, may- I'm, I'm going to be on the lookout for two things going forward in book three. I want to see how many times this book is summed up and how quickly it's done. And in book four, I'm going to be very critical of uh, character details that have, that we've already been through that have been extrapolated from that. Right. And see how well he's done with that. Like, oh, I killed my father. And like, whoa, what does that mean? Oh, it's dark and I don't want to tell you about it. Did he kill his father? No, his father threw, fell, threw himself to his death. That kind of shit I'm going to be very alert for. Right. Yeah, I mean, I got I feel like this book was overall disappointing. Again, if I was going to look at it as an animated series, I think it would be fun because it would skip over a lot of the nonsense and just go to the main set pieces and do a lot of fun. Sure. You get a lot of action in Blingdenstone. You get a lot of action in the Ithilid camp, which I think is visually fun and interesting and crazy and would be fun to watch. But God damn, is it a lot of book for not a lot of uh, payoff. Right. So... I mean, that's a sh- technically that's a short little uh, paperback. Like uh, it's a book I would have totally burned through in a afternoon. Really? In grade in grade school? Oh yeah, I'm like a, like a summer I'm afternoon. I'm a very not like slow a, not like a, But but no, I'm saying this one felt like a this was a real slog. It was. Well, I think that was the end of the show, right? I mean, I don't have any new that's words. It. The we're we're gonna start next episode reading uh, Sojourn. Sojourn. Or Sojourn. Which one did we determine is the right one? Sojourn. 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 Um, so for the next one, uh, read through, starting with the, what, prologue, I think? Prelude. Starting with the prelude, uh, read through chapter seven. And stop at chapter eight. 
don't read chapter eight. And I mean, am I am I setting myself up for disappointment because I'm excited he's out of the Underdark and I'm sure it's only going to be no, just in better just from here. Put your get yourself engulfed with those feelings. Yeah, fill yourself with those feelings, and then that might help you enjoy the next book. I shouldn't have to put work into my entertainment, but okay. I'm I'm sorry. I, I I don't disagree with you. I will do it. I'm gonna do it for you, not for this book. Okay. Um. All right. Well, uh, I've got nothing else to say. I'm. We're done. I'm hopeful for the next book. I'm I'm excited to see you guys here next week. Uh, but in the interim, I think that was Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. Audio medium. <laughs> I wasn't a bit. No, no, it wasn't. Periscope. I think that saying it wasn't a bit is very self-aware. Sometimes you want to look through a penguin-shaped periscope. I was just making a a note to future Rob. You should probably just cut all of that stuff because it's not going to make sense to the listener. So what's the point of slowing the show down with it? It's a fair point, and I'm sorry. Okay. Um, how's that? How, you accept how, my apology? Sure. So I'm going to say, welcome to the book wrap party again, and then we can start the show. <laughs> right. Okay. Do you have any notes? I got, I got, I got fidget, man. Could you fidget something soft? <laughs> That's much better. Um, I hate it. I hate it. That's an argument. But man, something about it. Like there's no there's no feeling for me of that word that I cannot think of right now. Well, there's more every time. Increasing? It doesn't feel like the right word. Hold on. Cause I'm just totally brain farting this shit. Exponential growth? Kind of like that. More? <laughs> I've got a dictionary up. Hold on. I misspelled it. <laughs> it's just spelled IT, Rob. <laughs> Kindergarten. <laughs> All these words do seem like they're helpful. Accretion. Augmentation. Expansion. It, it just always feels like more of the same. It's not like they're ever augmenting the 